Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 72, week 72, volume 72, number fucking 72. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. So this week's guest is TJ from Still Remains and that will be coming up later in the show. So I thought I'd start things off with a rating and a review that we got this week on iTunes. Comes courtesy of JShit66 from the United States of America. He gave us a 5 out of 5 and he said, I've only listened to two episodes so far, but you have a new fan. I love the questions and great interviewer. Thank you so much, dude. Not only for the kind words, but the 5 out of 5 means a lot. Much respect, much appreciated. That's the kind of thing we like to hear. We like to hear that you know, you've got into the show and now you're hopefully going to stick with us the whole way. Also, glad you love the content, the questions and what we do and stoked that you like what I'm doing as well. That's always valuable feedback for me as well. Helps me know I'm not sucking too much at this task. So guys, have you yet got onto iTunes and give us a rating or a review? If you haven't, come on, help us out. All those ratings and reviews go forward into an algorithm that gets us out to more listeners. Basically, it makes us a recommended podcast for other people. Also, don't forget to give us a rating or a review on any other service you listen to this podcast. Also, don't forget to like and follow it. Don't forget to subscribe to it. Don't forget to share it. Don't forget to spread the word about the podcast to your mates, to your friends, to your family. Whoever you want, even tell someone down at your local 7-Eleven about it. Help us spread the word about the show. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. So let's kick things into gear. Let's get this show rocking and rolling into the part of the show that you're all tuned into. It is time for our Mosh interview. This week, I got to sit down and have an awesome chat with a fucking legend. He is TJ from Still Remains. First off, TJ, much love, much respect. Really, really fucking appreciated you taking time out to chat with me. And it meant a lot to me as an old school fan and also means a lot to the show. Still Remains are one of those bands that I think have always been a little bit underrated and underappreciated. And this was a great opportunity to get to know everything and anything about TJ, but also discuss the band, discuss the future, discuss other projects TJ has in the works, but it was a really in-depth, really fun chat. That chat with TJ is coming up now. Um, so do you remember, do you remember what age you were when you kind of discovered music as, as, as an entity in itself? Do you remember a band that opened your ears? Yeah, I remember a few different things. I mean, when I was really young, I remember being probably like nine or 10. And, uh, I was, you know, it was Elvis Presley. I mean, my grandma listened to a lot of Elvis. Um, and I just thought Elvis was super cool. And that was kind of like, kind of a gateway into rock and roll, but I didn't really, really discover like modern rock until I discovered Nirvana. Mm. And that's really what kicked it into gear for me. What brought you in? What was what? What about Nirvana made you so intrigued? Um, 
it was it was teen spirit all the way and you know i didn't even discover nirvana until kurt had already died um it's just it's kind of weird i mean i was brought up in a pretty conservative home there was a lot of you know christian themed uh music that my parents listened to and they were kind of against what they called you know secular music and so you know i listened to the radio and i i remember hearing that song and thinking like that's a cool song that's a cool song so like i would i have like a cassette tape and i would just leave it in the in in the player and you know i I'd, I'd hit record and and hoping that like you know maybe i could get teen spirit in the next hour sometime and at, at, you know at one point i did and i also got uh jeremy by pearl jam Oof. and that song just floored me too so that that kind of just like sucked me into the whole grunge scene so was it was it part of the was, was part of the reason you were also drawn to it was that it kind of wasn't allowed was that part of it that could have been part of it i mean you know i was going to school you know in a pub here and you know, there were a lot of kids in school that I thought were really cool that were into music. And, you know, I'd see their, their band t-shirts and I, I remembered what they said. And I was, I was kind of always into music. I mean, I was in choir in school. So, you know, I've, I've sang since I was really young. So it was just kind of like seeing what a lot of the other kids were into. You know, I was curious about music. Um, uh, you know, it, there were a lot of different factors. I mean, I, I played basketball for a while when I was younger and then I hurt my back at a game. And so I quit and instead I picked up a guitar and that was kind of intriguing because that's something my parents didn't want me to do. They didn't want me to get into rock, rock music. So, you know, I lived with my dad and my stepmom, but then, you know, I, I told my real mom like, yeah, you know, they don't want me to, they don't want me to play guitar. And my mom said, fuck that. Like <laughs> I've, I've got this old guitar from one of my ex-boyfriends. You bring it home and you you learn how to play it. I was like, okay. <laughs> so she gave me this like old Yamaha acoustic guitar and I brought it home and I started paying for lessons myself and I, I only went for a couple months, but then I kind of just figured it out on my own and that was, you know, that was me starting in music and I already knew how to sing, so I my first couple bands I was in, I was playing guitar and singing a little bit, mainly singing, but I played guitar in a few songs. So, so when you were growing up, was, was music as a career, something that was allowed or seen as a positive or were you getting a lot of backlash? From my folks? Yeah. From your folks and from school. Um, not from school at all really i mean i kind of started fitting in with some other kids like making more friends because you know i could i shared that passion and you know some of the other kids had that in common um i did get backlash for a long time from my parents though i mean for years you know my my dad wanted me to go to school to to be a tradesman or to be a plumber or, you know because you know they were high paying jobs and he wanted me to go to, and, you know, for me, it was, I grew up in the, like the punk scene, um, after I kind of discovered, you know, alternative music and playing guitar in high school. Um, and you know, like all my buddies were like bleaching their hair and, you know, 
weird stuff. And so like, I was like, what, what am I good at? What do I want to do? And I started kind of like, you know, cutting my own hair and like coloring it different colors and things like that. And I was like, well, I'm good at that. So I ended up going to school to cut hair and to be a cosmetologist. And then when I graduated, I didn't even get to take my state tests to get my license because still remains signed a, a record deal with Roadrunner. So it was like, well, fuck all that money I just spent on college. I'm just going to tour the world now. And, you know, my parents didn't accept it until probably a year later when they saw us play this festival. We were probably playing in front of two or three big tents. And my parents just happened to be there because it was like a, it was a Christian festival thing at, and they, you know, my dad got to see us from the, the side of the stage and he saw like all, like how many kids just loved it. And he saw the crowd just going fucking crazy. And I mean, that's when he was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> he accepted it. And it was pretty cool actually. So you went to college to be a, to be a hairdresser basically. Is that, is that something now in, in hindsight that you wished you maybe had stuck with, even if the band was blowing up? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I can't say that it is. I mean, you know, we, we eventually stopped touring and then I thought about it like, well, I could go back and do that. And then I was just like, no, no. <laughs> I, I just completely lost my, my passion for it. So, and I mean, instead, I, I, um, I'm an estimator in, in commercial construction now, and I really do like doing that. It's a challenge. And it's a good career, you know, it pays well and stuff. And just kind of do the music thing on the side when I get a chance. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of weird because, you know, you think about all the traveling I did. And it, I mean, it, it was over 10 years ago and it just feels like it almost feels like it was like a dream I had. You know, my life is so different now, like I've got a six year old daughter, you know, it's completely different. But um we got to go back to the UK last year for nine shows and that was the first time we had toured in 10 years. You know, we all, we all, we all have pretty good jobs now, but we, we took off work and used some vacation time and we got to do that. And it was kind of uh, nostalgic and I miss doing it. Well, I, I actually, I was actually in, in the UK then and uh, with my wife. So I actually saw the uh, London show. So it was a bit of a time warp for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. That yeah. is so cool. Because I was over there and suddenly um, you were playing with Casa City and I can't remember the other one. But yeah, the poster, pop, poster popped up and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is happening. Um, that was a trip for me. Because um, it felt like at that time that you guys kind of, you weren't really a thing. It was like, you know, you dropped an album and then it was like, oh, nothing really going on. And then suddenly to see a tour of UK was like wow big yeah like yeah it was i don't know you know we just when we got back together we just were like well you know we all had families and kids and you know like we still want to do this but you know we still want to make this music we have a lot of fans around the world that still you know wants to hear stuff and we wanted to be able to play a show now and again and to work on creating new material just to kind of keep the art going, you know, just to have, you know, have it as a hobby and something that we're still passionate about. 
and we we did that last record and we only played a, a handful of shows on it just here in in our hometown um so it was cool for us to go to the uk i mean we we had such a huge fan base in the uk before so that was really awesome to see all those kids come out and they knew the new material and even though you know at the time it had been like two or three years since we had done the album well, probably even more than that at this point probably four or five years since we had done the last record but um yeah it, what, what a great experience that was to go back there and to meet a lot of the old fans that were at the you know the like from the kerrang tour and mm-hmm. you know the bullet shows we did and the headlining shows we did and uh see those people again it was really really awesome it's also got to be it's also got to be a bit of a trip because when you guys were really starting out as a band you were very young um yeah. and then now you know you're adults you know life um have you taken a lot from those early years into now not only life but also as a musician what was the last part you said did you take a lot from those earlier years into into how you live today and as you are as a musician like do you take things a bit easier as a musician now you kind of go what is what is and you don't stress about things yeah yeah i think um you know we learned a lot as musicians touring that i can kind of translate to my life now um i think we've all kind of matured a bit as musicians you know and the songwriting process is a bit different now uh, from how we used to do it. I mean, you know, we used to get in a room like every day, every single day we would get in a room and work on writing music. And now, you know, well, you know, from that point, you're getting sick of each other because you spend so much time together and you kind of learn different ways to write. And it's really accommodating because we, like I said, we all have kids and families and stuff like that. So, um, there's like some file sharing, you know, back and forth. I mean, the internet can be a beautiful thing, but it's, it's kind of conflicting because I prefer to get in a room and feel the energy over than over just sending files back and forth. Mm. But, uh, it's, it's almost like, you know, you have these initial ideas that you can send to the guys that, you know, you can say, all right, well, here's a riff or here's a couple riffs put together. And then, you know, so you kind of know what to expect, but then when you get in a room, that's when like the real magic happens, you know? So, I mean, still remains does things one way and, you know, I'm in a, a project now that's a bit different, uh, actually with a couple of the original members of still remains. Um, but we do things a little differently than still remains does. So going, going to the start of, um, still remains days you know there was a couple of eps and then the link up to roadrunner happened what were those um early years like before the link up to roadrunner was it really testing the waters and figuring out who you were as an artist hell man i had no clue who i was an artist before we got signed i i didn't know who i was as an artist after we got signed <laughs> i didn't you know i didn't know who i was as a person i didn't know where my convictions lied i didn't know what i stood for i mean we were so young you know we were in our early 20s and i don't feel like i really figured out until i was in my 30s until it was all gone i mean i remember an interview once we were in london um on a press tour me and mike and jordan and i i was on the phone with 
uh, I think it was a German magazine. I can't remember who it was. And he had questions for me. And, you know, he had asked me about some shows that we had played before we got signed. And we had played on a couple of different stages that were pro-life themed. Mm. You know, they were very pro-life. And, you know, we were so young and we, we were raised very conservatively and we were raised with, you know, believing in like pro-life. And I think that touring and getting out there and just having conversations and seeing what the world is actually like, you stop living in that sort of box that you were, you, you grew up, you know, understanding and, and, and whatever. And, you know, this guy was kind of a dick. I mean, he was like, you know, like you're signed to Roadrunner and blah blah blah. And like you're playing pro life and you're touring with all these secrets, you know, secular bands. He was like, Who are you? I said, Hey man, you know, like that's kind of how we felt then. Now it's a bit different. I mean, I think that we all pretty much lean the the other way. Um, we have different beliefs as far as faith goes and the world goes and whatever, and you know, things that we did back in the day shouldn't you can't really hold hold that over our heads i mean we had a lot to learn you know so it's a bit weird because some people were tagging you as a christian band when you first came out you know and and i get it i get that because i mean i met jordan at church Hmm. you know i met him at church uh when we first started playing i mean it was a it was a focus that's that's kind of what we were into when we were kids we were into god you know we were we all believed in in Jesus Christ. And we were excited about that. And we wanted to tell, we wanted to write songs about it. And we wanted to, you know, pray together before we were on stage. And that's just, that's where we were all passionate. And, uh, I think that, you know, as we, what we grew older and we, we, we saw what the world was really like. We, um, we kind of felt like, well, you know, our beliefs and, and I mean, we've seen, you know, how we feel about God is have, it's like having a relationship with God and it's kind of like a personal thing. And so it stopped kind of being the focus of the band. And, and, and I think that, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I'll tell you right now. I mean, I'll, I'll never let go of that in my life, but it's not something that I try to shove down people's throats. And I think that we were really young and naive and it's just like, what's the point in playing all these shows for all these Christian organizations and these churches? And like, what's the point in doing that? Like you're preaching to the choir, not that I want to preach to people or whatever, but um, I kind of felt like, all right, well, we can go out into the world and tour with these, you know, these metal bands and whatever, and just be ourselves and people can just see us for who we are as people and they can make their own decision as far as where, where they're at in their life. And if they want to talk about what, you know, what I give a shit about, then that's up to them, you know, but I'm never going to, I'm never going to force feed anybody. Do you think, do you think it led a lot of people to maybe at the start, uh, box you into a corner and say, that's what they are? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's a weird spot when you're like, you have that kind of element to your band because you can't please anyone, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like the people that aren't Christians, 
want to hate you because you're associated with Christianity, but then the Christians want to hate you because you're associated with a secular record label and you're touring with bands that aren't Christians. So it's like, how the fuck are we supposed to like find like <laughs> where, where we're supposed to be, you know? And a lot of, a lot of the bands treated us really awesome and opened themselves to us. And we were just, we just wanted to be people. Mm. We didn't want to be defined by these things that were very personal to us. And we didn't really know what to do about it, you know? So we just were like, screw it. We're going to just do our thing and tour. And, you know, if people want to talk about it, fine. You know, but if people want to associate us with that, you know, that's fine too. But if you want to call us a Christian band, I think that that's kind of bullshit because, I mean, you know, it's not that I want to like cut that part out. It's not that I'm embarrassed of it, but it's like, if you have a band that wants to write, you know, any artist is going to write lyrics about whatever they're passionate about, you know, they're going to write a song about their dog. They're going to write, you know, a song about the environment. They're going to write, you know, political songs or anti-government songs or songs to make a difference in the world. But yet, you know, people, people want to peg the guys that, you know, have a, passion for faith with a label when you know a lot of these other bands don't really get that Mm. you know what i mean i mean gojira is a phenomenal metal band one of the biggest metal bands in the world and you know they're very passionate about the environment but they're not an environmental band yeah it's a bit weird i think i think part of it was part of the problem was it was the climate of heavy metal at the time a lot of bands were coming out saying they were christian and i don't know yeah. whether whether people wanted to say you know hey here's another one get behind it in a way that i think some bands were marketing themselves intentionally during that time sure um but i yeah. don't think you guys were i think it was just some people said oh do you know that they're christian it was just by chance some people would say yeah i know it. i mean a lot of people you know had just different interpretations of what we were and what we were about, what we weren't about. And it, it was probably kind of confusing. We didn't know how to take it. I mean, mm. we just wanted to tour and write music and that's it, you know, just like and everybody else. That first album of Love and Lunacy, first off, how did the link up to Roadrunner come about? Did they approach you or did you approach them? And then the second part of that was, did that really blow up for you guys? Because it felt like I was, what, I was in my early 20s and everyone was listening to record labels, what they were releasing. And suddenly, because of that label, everyone knew Still Remains. So was it a big time for the band? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, we had done a lot of touring kind of on our own um, and with some other bands that were gaining some traction around the U.S., um, like our friend, our friends in haste the day we were doing some tours with them and we had the same management. So we linked up with our manager and he had some contacts. So, you know, we were, we recorded our, if love was born to die EP and he started, I mean, we recorded that. I mean, we had the songs for it. We were excited to record it, but you know, we kind of had that in mind. Well, we're going to record this kick-ass EP and, you know, see if we can get some label traction. So we send it out to a few labels and we got bites from a lot of them. I mean, Solid State, 
Metal Blade, Nuclear Blast, uh, Victory, Roadrunner. Um, they were all interested, and then they just all started making offers, and it was just kind of gotten a, a bidding war. And I mean, Roadrunner kind of put their money where the where their mouths were, and I kind of wish that we could have gone back and looked at that a little bit better because, I mean, Roadrunner was great for us in the UK, in Australia, in Japan, and pretty much everywhere except for America. I mean, wow, they weren't. I mean, I, I, I love a lot of the American staff. You know, I mean, Mike Gitter and Susie and Monty, they were all great people and they, they were all very supportive of Still Remains. But uh, we weren't marketed well here. You know, we didn't get great tours here. Um, we kind of struggled in the U.S. a bit, you know. Really? But anywhere else was just off the chain. I mean, when we came over for Soundwave, it, that was yeah. that was insane for us. I I had no idea that Australia like knew what what was up with still remains you know <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i getting back to the question you know I, I i remember the first part of the question and it was just we we did that ep and we got label interest and then when we signed it was it was a big deal it really was a big deal for us um because we went on some stuff with Trivium and Three Inches of Blood, and I remember we got like a couple Shadows Fall tours, and we got a Darkest Hour tour and a Norma Jean tour. And granted, those were all American tours, and those were all pretty good ones. But uh, you know, I know I said I know I said we didn't get some great American tours, but I think I just kind of gave you the really good ones we got. <laughs> <laughs> we got on Warp tour. Uh, that was interesting, but it was a it was a big deal for us for a while. It was, but things kind of slowed down and we did the second record and it kind of blew up overseas and then it didn't do so well here. And do you think part of the, do you think part of the problem was America was, um, I think with overseas that style of band, there wasn't a lot of, but in America, do you feel like you maybe were getting lost in the shuffle? Like at that time, a lot of bands were doing the same thing. And then you guys, it felt like maybe intentionally or not, you changed up tactics and sounds on the second album so do you think people in America maybe were just like, uh, he's just another metalcore band we don't give two shits about? Probably. I mean, you, you probably hit it right on the head. I mean, you know, we we played heavy music and we did tours where it was just like the same style of bands, like five bands every night. And it just kind of got old. And we were exploring like a lot of the kind of music that we grew up listening to that, you know, really influenced influenced us to start playing music in the first place. I mean, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Soundgarden, you know, Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, you know, Jordan was into a lot of punk, uh, a lot of punk bands like Rancid, um, things like that. And, and granted, you know, the, the Serpent didn't sound like that, but it was, it just, we wanted to explore, you know, what, you know, where we kind of were all coming from individually, you know, but we didn't really focus on the fact that, you know, the, we, we are a metal band. We are a metal band. That's what everybody knows us as. We're a metal band. Um, so we kind of tried to go, all right, well, we'll still write some metal songs, you know, but we kind of want to experiment with, you know, some things that we want to try, just, you know, to see if any of our influences could, you know, 
be a part of this band, you know, and like our earlier influences. I mean, we had, we definitely all had metal influences that pushed us to want to play metal music, you know, but uh, I don't think it really was a great idea. I mean, I, I felt like when we did Ceasing to Breathe, like we should have just done what we were good at. I mean, we proved that we were good at metal music. You know, we were good, you know, out of Love and Lunacy. Ceasing to Breathe should have been our second record. I mean, I'm not going to completely knock the serpent, but uh, I think that our focus, we just lost our focus. We lost our focus. <laughs> we wanted to do something different. and It seems like an album that now I think more people are appreciating. Um, I think at the time, some people dug it, some people didn't. Was was there any record, li- was the record label saying maybe you shouldn't do this or do you think maybe they just um, they just didn't want to push it? They knew that Mike and I could sing and that we could harmonize well with each other. They pushed it hard. They, wow. Okay. I mean, they wanted to see us make them money. You know what I mean? Mm. And, you know, now I kind of, I kind of look back and go, all right, well, they wanted us to sell out, you know? Mm. And to me, that's kind of a tough thing. It's, it, it's a hard pill to swallow. Like, do I admit that we sold out for a minute? Or do I kind of look at it and say, well, you know, half the record was pretty heavy. The other half really wasn't that heavy. I kind of felt like we were paying homage to like our true inf- our true influences, but also paying homage to the fact that we're a metal band. We have a lot of metal fans. I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I don't know the best way to put that, you know, but we did it. It's out there. Mm. It is what it is. <laughs> and it, it it must have must have been weird because it wasn't long and then you guys kind of disbanded like what happened at the time was it just like all right this isn't going down we're not got the passion for it because just freshly releasing your sophomore album and then kind of disappearing would have been a big decision to make yeah a lot of it was me i'll be honest i mean i had a hard time with a couple guys in the band you know, there was some inner turmoil there. Um, and I started thinking about, you know, like, okay, so this is kind of like a, something that I don't really talk about much not because I, I don't really do interviews anymore. You know, it's just mm. still remains, just isn't really like out there doing much, you know? Um, but we had all, we had all talked about it. I mean, I had kind of had talks with the guys over the years about it. And now I can kind of laugh with them about it. But uh, I grew up, my mom was a pretty bad alcoholic, you know, she was, you know, had some substance abuse issues that were, that affected my life majorly. So like, you know, and, and I drink, you know, like I grew up kind of experimenting with that a little bit, you know, but like I got in a band with these guys you know, we, and we went from in the in the very early stages, we were very focused on our faith. And then we kind of let we let go a little bit and we just were doing all these tours and we just wanted to be normal people and not be pigeonholed by that. And we started kind of partying a bit on tour and we weren't into drugs or anything like that. We just drank a lot. But the other guys drank more than I did. I tried to just stay sober all the time and they were off having a great time and I would just feel I just felt scared you know like I felt Mm -hmm. like it freaked me out because it brought back a lot of like really bad memories you know so I would just be alone I was alone all the time I didn't really talk to anybody I didn't you know I I felt 
like I just wanted to be home. I just wanted to be at home. And I felt like those guys were just partying too much, which after, after a break, you know, and, I, and so I quit. I told them we were on our way home from Costa Rica playing over there. And I said, listen, guys, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I can't do this. I'm just miserable. I feel like there's just way too much partying going on. And, and I just said, I just can't, I feel like I'm a hypocrite, you know, doing this. And I just said, this isn't, this just isn't what I signed up for. So I quit. And so the band broke up. That's what broke the band up, you know? Um, but after two or three years of being away from it, I did a lot of soul searching and I realized that the guys weren't partying a lot. They were, they were having fun. Like none of them had any substance abuse problems or anything. They were just having fun and being on tour and just like enjoying their lives. You know, I made a conscious choice every night to not be a part of it granted I had some pretty strong demons from my past, but like I, I realized like I held a lot of, of, of that against them, but in all reality, it was my problem. I'm the one who had the problem. And so I, you know, we all sat down after we started kind of writing again and I just, I apologized to all of them. And I said, listen, I love you guys. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a, a part of, I, I want to, know what it's like to have fun with you guys now and so like moving forward we would all get together and write and have fun and party a little bit and it, it was awesome like we we just kind of were able to get past all of that and i got past it and i was able to actually like be friends with these guys again you know what i mean well, it's it's quite a learning experience at that age being on the road in a different environment and yeah, it's, it's your growth is something that unfortunately was also happening while in the band. You were learning to deal with your demons and your past. Um, and look, it's really good that not only you work through that, but you're able to retouch with the guys because sometimes those fractures are sometimes never repairable. Unfortunately, I know it, and I feel very lucky that those guys were able to, you know, embrace me again and move past it. You know, like. I felt that those guys had an issue, you know, had a problem. They probably thought I was a fucking asshole about it, you know, but we were able to all come together and be friends. And it, it felt like a huge weight off my shoulders. I don't know what it felt like to them, but it, I mean, <laughs> I can speak for myself. I was so glad and so relieved that all right, I'm getting like a second chance with these guys, even though we're not touring, we're going to be in a room writing. We're going to be having fun. There's going to be, you know, positive artistic energy going back and forth. And it worked out really good. You know, I, Mike and I, especially, I felt like we're able to get really close after that, you know? Well, I mean, you guys, you guys must've got close because you came back for a one-off show with Haste of the Day. And then that one-off show then turned into crowdfunding for Cease to Breathe. Um, why, first off, why crowdfund? Was it just, hey, it was an, a very smart way to get a new album out? I think we just wanted to involve all of our fans across the world. We wanted to have packages that we could put together, have everybody be involved in it, like give everybody a piece of it. You know what I mean? Um, we knew that in order for us to record this thing, 
uh, and, and get it out to everybody that, you know, we didn't have a label funding it. And um, we felt like kids would probably be excited and donate. And they did. And it was, it was a blessing. It was, it was amazing. So, you know, I don't know if I would do it again. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but, um, yeah, we, it was something that bands were doing at the time and we, we saw it was, you know, a lot of people were having success with it and we decided to just try it, you know? And, and we had a lot of people that donated money and got some really cool, uh, limited stuff, you know, lots of cool shirts and posters. And I mean, one guy, I think in Australia, won a guitar, um, we uh, we ha- we had all sorts of packages. I can't remember all of them at this point, but um, yeah, it, just it, we I, I look at it as a as a positive experience and another learning experience for that chapter. I think it was a really smart way to do things because, as you said, a lot of bands were doing it at the time, and it was the start of the industry kind of changing where you didn't need label backing. Yeah, it was a new time, like, and it still is now. But that's six years ago. Um, now I know you mentioned you got the other band. Is it Uniton or Uniton? <laughs> Unition. Unition. Okay, I'm not very good with my my pronunciation. I'm a little bit uh, dyslexic. Um, so you've obviously got that kind of kicking around now. But what's going on in the Still Remains camp? Are you still kind of writing stuff? Because six years is a long time. So I don't know. You know, st- we have a show coming up this summer here in town that we haven't even announced. So I don't even know if I should be talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know much about it yet. You know, it's uh, at this point, you know, we we were talking for a while about doing another record and we did start writing. Um, And since then, I think life happened for everybody. Life happened for me. I mean, I went through a divorce and was kind of trying to figure out how I was going to live and what I was going to do. I switched a couple jobs. Uh, and I don't know if I was really ready to focus on still remains. You know, I think, I think a couple of the guys were getting kind of impatient, probably with me, (laughs) um, trying to get my life back together. But, um, I don't know if, if that's still on the, on the table at this point or not, I know Jordan took a lot of the ideas he was working on for that record. And he's probably used them for, um, his new band, um, Mm. with moose. But if the guys want to talk about, you know, doing something, I'm all ears. Um, but I can say right now that I want to focus on doing Unition. Um, I think it's just more up my alley musically right now. Um, but it would it would fun to see it'd be fun to see what Still Remains could do in the future. So what what's going on with the new band? Is it is it in the early days? Because I had a peep into the Instagram and that there doesn't you guys haven't done much, or at least you're not showing you've done much. So what what's going down there? You. It's, it's weird, man. Like, Unition was a very... Like, Unition was around 20 years ago. I was not involved. And it was before Still Remains was involved. So, like, 
before Still Remains, there were two bands. I was in a band called Shades of Amber. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there was this other band called Unition. And we used to play shows together all the time. And they were a very kind of, I can't say that they were metal in the same sense that Still Remains was, but they were more progressive, kind of like Tool, but they had screaming vocals. Um, and they had a lot of parts like Isis, you know, like like really chill um, parts that would just drone on and on. And it was kind of a spiritual experience anytime you'd go and watch them. I mean, they had these like nine minute songs and they were just incredible. I mean, they, they used to bring me to tears when I would watch them because their music was so moving and, and powerful. Um, and we just, you know, I started and Evan and Jordan, like my band and then Unition broke up at the same time. And we formed still remains with like half Unition, half shades of Amber. And, so like later on in the band, you know, in, in the Still Remains era, um, Evan and Jordan Gilliam had quit like earlier on, like, or I think we had fired Jordan Gilliam early. He was our second guitarist. He's actually, he's a black guy that plays. He, so we had like two Jordans in the beginning. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place trying to no, you're fine. remember you're fine. this. So we had two Jordans. We had white Jordan and black Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, you know, we were in Still Remains, Jordan and I, white Jordan, and then black Jordan was in Unition. But uh, so we, we found ourselves all talking in like a thread, me and Evan and Jordan Gilliam and this guy, Paul. And all those guys were in Unition together. And Paul had reached out to us and said, hey, we should all, we should all do something. We should all do something. And we were all like, yeah, that'd be really cool. You know, let's, let's talk, you know? And then a few days later I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute. The three of you were in Unition together. Why don't you guys like get Unition back together? And I'll just sing for it this time. Cause like, they were like my favorite <laughs> band, like when I was a kid and they were like, holy shit. Oh my God. That's an amazing idea. And so we just, yeah, we just kind of went for it. We all got together and talked about it. And it's kind of a slow moving thing at this point. We're, we're, we're throwing ideas back and forth. We don't get together all that often yet, but we have a couple more times we're going to get together and jam in, in the, the coming weeks. But we want to be able to write and play around. And the music that we're working on is amazing. I mean, I can't say what it's going to sound like because we don't have full, full songs even completely built yet. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that reminds me of like Deftones, The Perfect Circle. There's some stuff that kind of reminds me of um, Crosses. Uh, There's some stuff that reminds me a little bit of Tool or like earlier hopes fall. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I mean, mean, just those, just those, I mean, I mean, like it's weird there's a lot of ambience and there's a lot of texture but some of it's pretty violent too Mm -hmm. so it's not really like riffy metal it's more of just parts yeah it 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 takes you on a journey in each song yeah or each Mm. part can be it's different journey i mean we're talking about making we're, we're talking about so many different things and i don't know how much of them will come to life you know as far as the things we want to do with unition but um, I'm very, very excited about the things that the guys have been 
putting together. You know, we're just kind of waiting to, I'm waiting on putting a lot of lyrics together until I really have a good feel for how these songs are going, you know? But, well, you sound excited for it, so I mean, it's sure it's gonna it's gonna show when whatever shows is gonna be gonna be worth the wait. And obviously, sometimes things are a labor of love, and there's a reason for it. So yeah, yeah, I hope it works out. I hope that we all have enough time to where we can invest in it because I I think it could really knock people's socks off. Not that we're gonna tour or anything like that, but or you know look to get signed, but. Um, I want to be able to at least put the music out there for the world to hear and hopefully mm. people love it. Um, now, a couple of last things before we wrap things up. One mm -hmm. is about what are your thoughts on these bands now that do a lot of these anniversary tours? Now, you look at it, Of Love and Lunacy would be 15 years next year. Are you kind of, is it something that you're open to, bands doing this thing? Or do you think it's kind of a, you know, it had its day, we shouldn't, tour off the back of this it's kind of a money grabber um i don't like the idea of doing things for money you know mm. if if it was if it was something where we could get together and say i mean i, I can tell you like an of love and lunacy tour probably will never happen mm -hmm. but but if the you know if the guys like i'm a i'm a fan of doing things to make you know to to, to have special things for fans that they can say that they got to witness, you know? So, I mean, there was a show we did in, in our hometown where we played our EP of love was born to die from front to back, but we played it right in the middle of a whole set. And Ooh. I thought that that was a really special thing to do. I mean, we didn't tell anybody, we didn't advertise for it. So it wasn't like we were trying to do a money grab. Um, if, you know, I, th I think it'd be really cool to do of love and lunacy in its entirety. I wanted to do something like that when it was 10 years old, but it just, it never happened. Um, if the guys wanted to play some shows and do that, I would be totally open to it, you know, um, just because I think it would be fun. Mm. It, it mm. would be fun and it would be something different for still remains to do. Like, man, I, I look at a lot of my favorite bands that I've followed over the years. You take a band like Pearl Jam, they play 30 sh songs a night. Not that metal bands should do that. But they make every single show special. Mm -hmm. And Still Remains has always been a band like, we've got our touring set. We're going to go and tour and we're going to play all the hits. And then you, you, we, we might switch up a song or two, you know, at some point. But I want to be, I want to do things that are special. I want to make every night special. So like if there was a night or two, we could do an Of Love and Lunacy set just because it would be special. I would be all about it. I would be all about it. I think I think a lot of people like it nowadays. It's quite weird. I think some fans, you know, maybe they've discovered the band now. They didn't. They weren't around when it was getting toured, so it can work. Um, I think it's just some bands sometimes take advantage of it, and that's all they do for a while. So you'll have to find that middle ground where you're doing it because it's fun, but you're not doing it to take advantage of the situation. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I don't want to take advantage of anybody. I don't need the damn money. Not, not that I'm being cocky. I mean, I've got a good job, you know, mm. that's where I make my money. You know, at this point in my life, I mean, still remains used to be my career and we all hoped that we would make enough money to survive on that, but it's different now. You know, it's different. I, I want to look at it as like art, you know, I want to mm. create something that gives me pleasure, you know? So it's like, 
I want to create, you know, like I would love to have a show where we did that piece of art for a night and people got to witness it because that was a very special album for a lot of people. Um, and just, that'd be the only thing, you know, I, I wouldn't care about printing special merch and trying to capitalize on, on anything like that. But, uh, just for people to be able to say like, Hey, I got to see that. That was, that was cool. You know? So I'd be open to it. Um, now something you've witnessed is a big change in the industry. You know, you were around in early two thousands when physical copies were a thing, you know, it was important. You had to have that physical print, you know, I've, I've got all the albums here, you know, it's kind of, it's, it was a thing. Um, nowadays being in a band, printing something physical isn't necessary. It's all about the online presence. Where do you see the industry in 2019? Do you see we're still learning how to use it? Or do you think all the power is now in the artist's hand? I think, I think people got pretty innovative digitally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, I would like to see kind of where that evolves but also, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, vinyl come back and there's been a lot of like vinyl. I, I've turned into a vinyl collector, mm. you know, so I can say that if if Unition does a record or if Still Remains did another record, I want vinyl. I mean, I would I would probably only do that, you know, like we'll do it digital. So everybody has a chance to hear it across the world if they want. But, you know, for people that are passionate about having that physicalness in their hand um do it do it in a classic way you know i think i think vinyl is cool when you 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 can hold it and touch it i mean you and and look and look at all the special artwork uh it's way cooler than like having a cd i think you know um i see a lot of that coming around um i'm not really up to up to date on oh hang on a second i'm not really up to date on how you know what the industry is doing right now with, with digital. Um, I know Apple Music and Spotify are huge. I mean, I subscribe to Apple Music. You know, there's a lot of bands that I listen to on that for when I'm at work or I'm on the go in my car. Um, and I love that. Um, I'd like to see, you know, where people take it. I mean, I, I think it probably opens up a lot of a lot of possibilities to where bands don't necessarily re- record full records or full EPs. They'll just release you know, a random song or two every couple of years or, I mean, Billie Eilish did that, I think mm. for her first, uh, her first few songs that she put out, she just, Oh, who is this? She's just got a couple songs. Holy shit. They're amazing. And then she released a full record a couple of years later, but yeah, it, I guess the possibilities are endless. You know, I think the only worrying thing is that, um, for bands, when it used to be physicals, there was a monetary you know, way of, you know, gaining off it. Um, I think the worrying thing is that the industry hasn't really woken up to the fact that, as it's well known, you don't make any money off those services. The people pay for them, but nobody makes money off them, except the Sony or Apple. Yeah, I know. You know, it's it's almost like... I, I almost wish that uh, labels would just go away and that, you know there'd be like the big two or three, like Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. And that would kind of just be the record industry. And then you, you would kind of like be progressing forward, but moving back at the same time, because then the music would have to speak for itself. You wouldn't have these, 
you know, all this label competition and all these labels trying to push the, the marketing forward and whatever else it was, it'd be like the music would just have to speak for itself. Our artists would have to become more disciplined and focus on writing better music mm. than, you know, just shitting out records all the time. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not a well thought out thing that I, you know, that it's, that's in my head, but it just kind of makes sense as I'm talking. <laughs> no, it made, it made sense when I was listening, made sense when I was listening. Um, oh, cool. Okay, so TJ, what we do, last thing um, on these chats is called Pick Your Poison. Now, this is, for some reason, people like this as their favorite part. They they put up with the chat just to get to this part. Now, what we do here is I give you two options, and you pick your favorite of the two. So they're going to just find out what makes you tick, if that makes sense. Okay? All right. All right, yeah. would you rather a pizza or a burger? Depends on uh, depends on so many things. I'd, I'd probably just say pizza. Okay. Uh, do you prefer chicken or beef? Chicken. Okay. Do you prefer a beef? Unless it's a steak. Unless it's a steak. Ooh, okay. If it is a steak, are you going to take it over chicken? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. All day. What kind of steak, though? What, what cut? You know what? There's this place that's pretty close to where I live that has an amazing flank steak. Really? Yeah, amazing flank steak. Otherwise, I don't know. I like sirloin a lot. I like yeah. T-bone. It just this just, just whatever. Steak. Ste- it's steak. <laughs> I, I love steak. <laughs> um, beer or whiskey? Whiskey. Okay. Uh, Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Let me go back. Neither weed. Wait. Hey, because you guys are legalized. It's it's insane. It's legal here in, in Michigan. Uh, I'm a huge advocate. Dude, we need it over here. Huge. We need it over huge. here. We don't we don't get we don't get like they're starting to say it's gonna be available, but we're still we're miles behind you guys. Oh hello. What? <laughs> so jealous. Oh, oh okay, I officially Stra- <laughs> Strawberry lemonade. Sorry. Oh. That's a, oh, that's not fair. Um, eventually, <laughs> eventually, Australia will catch up. Eventually, we will. Yeah, yeah, one I day. think so. Um, would you prefer to dine at home or eat out? Probably dine at home. Okay. I do like to go out, but I, I, I do enjoy a nice home cooked meal. Um, do you want to watch a movie at the cinema or on the couch at home? Home. Okay. Uh, do you prefer the beach or snow? The beach. Um, a cat or a dog? A cat. Uh, that, was a, just, that was an easy one. I just one. got a new cat. I wish I could show you. <laughs> um, Terminator or Predator? Terminator. Rambo or Rocky? Rambo. Uh, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold! <laughs> uh, South Park or Simpsons? Simpsons. Uh, Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. Corn or Limp Biscuit? $5 bills, y'all. There you go. Um, That's Metallica or Megadeth? I don't give a fuck about either of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, let's call that a draw. Um, yeah. Tool or perfect circle? Tool. Uh, converge or Dillinger escape plan? Converge all. Dude, hang on a minute. Just hang on. I don't know if this is like filmed or not. No, we, we just do the audio, but I'll love to see it, whatever it is. Alright, hang on. Oh yes, Jane Doe. Oh yes, Jane Doe. Got my Jane shirt on under my hoodie. Um all right, last few. Do you prefer stage dives or mic grabs? Uh I don't know. Uh, uh I'd prefer a stage dive because sometimes when somebody grabs the mic from you, it's it's a it's like that's mine. Mm. And then they, they spit on it and they sweat on it. and Yeah. And sometimes it's like that with the stage, too. I mean, so, so, you know, some nights it's like, depending on the vibe of the show, it's just punk as fuck and it's chaotic and it's awesome and whatever. I don't care what the fuck happens, you know. But there's some nights that are just a little more, I don't know. Those punk shows like that get insane can be very, very intimate. But there's also other shows that are intimate in a different way where I don't want people on stage. It's mm. like I'm having this moment with what my, with my bandmates. You know what I mean? And I kind of need you to be over there. <laughs> and I just need to be up here. And, you know, that's the kind of connection we're having tonight. You know, so sometimes it just depends on the night. Um, and the last one is a triple one. Uh, I think I already know the answer. Would you prefer to own an album on CD, vinyl, or on your phone? Vinyl all the way. Vinyl all the way. Um, TJ, absolute legend, man. Thank you so much for taking time out, man. I really, really appreciate it. Bit of a fanboy moment for me, so thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for uh, wanting to do this with me. I'm, I'm really happy that we got to do it.
So that was my chat with TJ from Still Remains and at the end there you heard the band's track White Walls which is from their debut album Of Love and Lunacy and you also heard their track Crone from their most recent album Ceasing to Breathe. So guys if you enjoyed that chat with TJ, if you enjoyed the songs you heard there at the end, support the man and the band and get online get onto ebay go down to your record store and support still remains like i said earlier before the interview i think they're one of the most underrated underappreciated metalcore bands from the early 2000s they wrote some absolute slamming jams and i think without a doubt their debut albums really up there in the top levels of the quality you will find from those years Thank you again, TJ. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. It meant a lot having you on the show. Look forward to possibly doing a part two down the track. Thank you again, dude. So that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 72 done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this fucking week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. 
Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.